Good morning, good morning. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast, God's Holy Word. I'm your lovely host, Leslie Sullivan. Today is episode 99, and we're going to take a look at Psalm 5. I'm going to be reading from the King James Version, so let's go ahead and take a look at this puppy. It says, Give ear to my words, O Lord, consider my meditation. Hearken unto the voice of my cry, my King and my God, for unto thee will I pray. My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee, and will look up. For thou art not a God that hath pleasure in wickedness, neither shall evil dwell with thee. The foolish shall not stand in thy sight. Thou hatest all workers of iniquity. Thou shalt destroy them that speak leasing. The Lord will abhor the bloody and deceitful man. But as for me, I will come into thy house in the multitude of thy mercy, and in thy fear will I worship toward thy holy temple. Lead me, O Lord, in thy righteousness because of mine enemies. Make thy way straight before my face, for there is no unfaithfulness in their mouth. Their inward part I think I misread that. Hold on. I need to reword that. For there is no faithfulness in their mouth. I was going to say this is different. For there is no faithfulness in their mouth. Their inward part is very wickedness. Their throat is an open sepulcher. They flatter with their tongue. Destroy thou them, O God. Let them fall by their own counsels. Cast them out in the multitude of their transgressions, for they have rebelled against thee. But let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy because thou defendest them. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee, for thou Lord will bless the righteous. With favor wilt thou compass him as with a shield. Okay, let's take a look at this puppy here. I love this. I love the Bible in general just because it's God's holy word. God's word is true. I love it because it's very calming. It's endearing. And the reason why it is endearing is because basically the the entire Bible, all of God's holy word and even the the books that did not make it into the Bible, they are a love letter from God to mankind. So for anyone not to read God's holy word or to not believe in God, I I think it's such a travesty because they're missing out on the goodness of God and they're missing out on strength and power and courage and forgiveness and wealth and abundance and health. all these beautiful wonderful things that God gives us every day of our lives. So, if you're missing out on God, you're missing out on the blessing of God. If you're not reading his word, then you're not going to know his word. So, when it says this here, give ear to my words, O Lord, consider my meditation. That verse jumped out at me because I know there's some people that think that God doesn't hear them so they never pray or they never speak out to God. And pretty much the only thing that comes out of their mouth is just negativity. Well, whatever you speak is what comes to pass. So start speaking good things. Start start speaking the the blessing of of God, the the blessing of Abraham. Start speaking what you want, not what you have. Now there's a difference here in that you can talk to God about anything. So don't feel like you can't speak what's going on in your life, but speak it in such a way that you know that God will handle it. And that is exactly what's happening here in Psalm 5. King David is speaking to God. speaking to him very bluntly. What's interesting is that all of the writers in the books of the Bible are very blunt. They're they're not inclusive, they're not wishy-washy, that they, they don't live in the gray area, they are very blunt. And there's a reason for that because the the truth is not a dull sword. It's a very sharp sword. So you need to say things like it is. So whenever you're going to God, 
with your prayers or supplications or maybe you just need to talk to him and even if you're just talking to him that is a form of prayer just say it like it is but you need to open your prayer and end your prayer knowing that God is good and he will take care of you you know we've talked about this in times past where i personally can't stand wimpy whiny prayers i also typically can't stand wimpy whiny people they irritate me they annoy me but because they annoy me and irritate me i do everything i can to help lift them up because i know that when someone is weak wimpy and whiny they are stuck in a ditch of misery and they need help getting out of that ditch it's almost like a car wreck right like whenever you see someone that their car let's say it hit a, a oil spot or patch on the road for whatever reason and they just spun out of control and they're in the ditch and they need help getting out of the ditch you know this is why we have insurance or car insurance companies or this is why we have AAA Well, you need to think of God as like AAA, but for your soul and for your spirit. Big difference there. And obviously, you and I and our souls are way more important than a car. So it's important to understand that God is there for you always, and He wants to hear from you. And that's what King David is saying here: Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation. He's having a dialogue with God. Pretty much the entire Bible is a open conversation between mankind and God. So for those that think that God doesn't hear us, doesn't listen to us, or doesn't want to speak to us, or doesn't want to hear anything we have to say, you have totally missed the whole point of God's holy word, and you you have missed the entire point of having fellowship with God. You you've missed it completely. Goes on to say, "Hearken unto the voice of my cry, my King and my God, for unto Thee will I pray." So he's saying, "Hey, listen to me, and I'm talking to you because I know you're my King and my God." because for unto you I pray. So, you know, when it says hearken unto the voice of my cry, he's not saying, "Hey, why aren't you listening to me? Hey, listen up." It's not like that at all because that would be very disrespectful to say that to God. Because whenever you talk like that to someone, "Hey, aren't you listening to me?" You know, that's very disrespectful to say that to God and and to people, but especially to God because God is holy and God is true. What he's saying is that, "Hey, I'm crying out." and I'm crying out to you because you are my god and my king. Like it doesn't really serve a purpose to cry to people. I'm not saying that you should never be consoled or whatever the case may be, but God is your provider, not people. Goes on to say verse 3, "My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord, and the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee and will look and will look up, excuse me." What he's saying there is that at the beginning of the day, the moment he wakes up, he's going to acknowledge God. He's going to focus on his relationship with God. and he's going to direct his prayer to God. So he's not directing whatever is going on in his life towards himself or towards his advisors or towards his generals. He's looking to God, not to people. And he's saying that he will look up. Like there's a difference between looking up and looking down. There's a big difference there. Like I know for me personally in the way that um I've had to deal with religion over the years, it's very common for churches to not want their members they don't want them to look up and see the goodness of God they just want them to continually look down and feel bad about themselves well that's not a good church and that's not a good religion you need to go where things are good goes on to say for thou art not a god that hath pleasure in wickedness neither shall evil dwell with thee so if you think god is evil you are totally proved wrong right here so it's very important to recognize that god is not evil the devil is evil god loves you very much He loves you, he protects you, and if stuff is happening to you, that's not God. 
That's the enemy doing that. Goes on to say, the foolish shall not stand in thy sight, for thou hatest all workers of iniquity. So this kind of reminds me of all the stupid people I saw in New Orleans a years ago. I think I was 20 or 21. And so we celebrated my birthday in New Orleans. And um, I'm very much not a partier. That has never been my lifestyle. But when we went... Um, I guess it was LSU and OU were playing at one of the bowl games, and it was just unbelievable pagan behavior in New Orleans on Bourbon Street. And I just thought, this is unbelievable what I was seeing. Like, it made me very uncomfortable. And I never wanted to celebrate my birthday in New Orleans ever again. That was not, um, it was not what I thought it would be. But needless to say, I thought those people were very foolish. I didn't think they were fools. I just thought their behavior and what they're doing is very foolish because it's not very godly. Um, it was it was quite horrible, to be honest. And um, LSU fans are nuts. I think OU fans are, are more normal. Uh, that's just my personal opinion. But it was very disturbing to me, and I'll never forget that because I, I didn't realize that kind of behavior problem existed, especially for so many people. It was like... Um, Pompeii Part Two on Bourbon Street, and I just—it was just very disturbing to me. Even as a, even as someone in their twenties, I just thought this is how people celebrate. This is not appropriate. But for me, I'm very appreciative of God that He doesn't tolerate that kind of behavior. He doesn't. He doesn't tolerate debauchery. He doesn't tolerate all this pagan stuff. The reason why He doesn't tolerate is because God is holy. So if you think God is okay with a lifestyle that is contrary to God's holy word, you are completely wrong. You are completely wrong. Does God love you? Yes, but evil cannot exist in God's presence. Why? Because God is holy. Goes on to say, "Thou shalt destroy them that speak leasing. The Lord will will abhor the bloody and deceitful man. But as for me, I will come into thy house in the multitude of thy mercy." And in thy fear will I worship toward thy holy temple. What I always find to be interesting sometimes whenever I go to church is whenever I can tell someone is worshiping and they just have no fear of God. And I'm not saying that means you should stand there and tremble and um, quiver or something. Not at all. But there are some people they just have no fear of God whatsoever, and that is a very dangerous Christian because they think they're justified in their behavior. In every way, and that is the direct opposite of what it means to believe in God. And also, if you have no fear of God, then you're not honoring God. And again, fear—it's not the same kind of fear that the devil tries to put on us. And I say try because we're not supposed to allow fear to rule our life in any way, shape, or form. Doesn't mean that you won't feel fear or that you won't be scared, but you don't operate in it. What I'm talking about here is that when people are very um, emboldened, but but it's not in a godly way. It's a ungodly way. And the way that I've seen that manifest in churches is that they don't see anything wrong with their sin because they're so arrogant, they're so pompous that they don't have a fear of God. So yes, they believe in God, but they don't worship Him in the right way. So typically, people that are not fearful of God. Do not have good ethics. They do not have good morals. They do not have good values, if any at all, and they tend to be very self-righteous. 
Now, self-righteous is completely different than righteousness. We do have righteousness in Christ Jesus, but that's not self-righteous. Self-righteous, it's, it's just of the world. If you're a believer in Christ Jesus, we are not of this world. We are from above. We are from heaven. And there, there is no selfishness in heaven. So what I've noticed with people that don't have fear, or they don't have fear of God, is instead of having righteousness, instead of having the righteousness of Christ Jesus, they only have self-righteousness of themselves. And they tend to not live a very good lifestyle, and they're very pompous, very arrogant, and um, they're, they're not always very nice. And then they don't see anything wrong with their behavior. That is a tremendous problem. That, that is very much a tremendous problem. And that, that behavior needs to stop in our churches because we are the body of Christ. We have a responsibility to, to believe in God and to worship him in the correct way and also to live our lives in the correct way. But that doesn't mean be miserable. We, you know, Christians are supposed to be the most joyful people on the planet. But how many Christians do you know that are actually joyful? Many of them are miserable. And they think that that means that being miserable, strangely, they think that means that is equivalent to holiness. It is not. It's the direct opposite. Like I meet very few Christians. I think, oh, you know, they could definitely be a good example to somebody. It's very rare I meet someone like that. And that's very disappointing to see that. goes on to say, lead me, O Lord, in thy righteousness because of my enemies. Make thy way straight before my face. One thing I love about that verse is it says, make thy way straight before my face. If you are noticing that your path is a little wonky, then you need to reevaluate what are you believing in. And you need to go to God with your problems. Because if something's not right, then literally something's not right. Because your path should be straight. Because God provides us with a straight path. And so if we're not staying on that path, that's where the stress is coming from. It's kind of like whenever you get lost in the woods. Well, did you stay on the path that was on the map that maybe the park ranger gave you? You know, there are some people, I'll just say this, there are some people that I can't stand to travel with. Because they don't like to do things the right way. They just like to veer off and... go exploring and it doesn't really make sense to me because it's it's not part of the trip or maybe it's not suggested or maybe it's dangerous so those kind of people they will lead you astray in so many ways in life so it's better to stay away from people like that because they they tend to be very selfish they tend to be very um too much of a risk taker where so much so that it jeopardizes their life and other people's lives And I noticed that um especially in college when I when I was dating and I noticed that there are a couple of different guys that I dated that they they just weren't programmed correctly if that makes sense. They were just too much of a risk taker and I understand that men are bigger risk takers than women. Uh that's just the nature of things, but this was just too extreme. And so I I broke it off. If ever a guy was too much of a risk taker or if he was just a little too crazy like I don't even like crazy anyway um but if something's not right I break it off another thing is that if I don't like how a guy drives I don't date him because I think how a person drives is very um it's very telling about their character 
and whether or not they value their life and other people's lives on the road. And you know, there are some guys that they're just shocked with me that I broke up with them, and they're like, "Well, why?" I was like, "Well, I don't like your driving," and they're like, "You're breaking up with me because you don't like how I drive." I said, "Yes, because you almost killed us, and you saw nothing wrong with what you did." That is very concerning. You could have killed us. You could have killed other people on the road. I don't want to be around that. And I guarantee you, you don't see anything wrong with your driving, and you don't see anything wrong with what you did. And that's the bigger problem. You have a character flaw. You don't see you don't see anything wrong with what you're doing that is wrong. That's a problem.、And、guess what? None of them liked hearing that. But it's like, well, I got to move on. So, next verse is verse nine. It says, "For there's no." Faithfulness in their mouth. You know, what's interesting is that when I saw the words "no faithfulness," that is equivalent to unfaithfulness. So these people are not faithful. That's why there there is no faithfulness in their mouth. So basically, everything they say and do、um, is the direct opposite of what God wants, and they are not faithful people. That's why unfaithful people are technically your enemy. That's just how it is, especially spiritually. You know, it's kind of like when you have a employee. That you give them an assignment and they don't do it. They say, "Oh yeah, I'll get it done. I'll get it done," and then they don't complete it. Or if they do complete it, they—I was going to use a different word—but they half bleep it. Like they—they、um, they only do like 50% of the work, and then the work they do is not that good. Well, that is a unfaithful, lazy, and very much non-loyal employee. It gets really old dealing with people like that because they don't have the ethics or the morals to do the job. Even if it's something simple, and I've worked with a lot of people at all different levels of administration, and I would say slothfulness and a lack of character is a big problem, and that needs to stop. But what's interesting is whenever a manager sees nothing wrong with a lazy worker, that tells me, wow, so there's a lazy worker and there's also a lazy manager. That's also a problem. So it says, for there is no faithfulness, meaning they are unfaithful, in their mouth. Their inward part is very wickedness. Their throat is an open sepulchre. They flatter with their tongue. I've said this before. I'm always cautious of people that just flatter me and overflatter me. Like I don't mind a compliment. I think that's great. But if someone just keeps giving me all these compliments, especially in a sales,、um, like if if I'm buying a car or if I'm I'm purchasing something, like I'm the customer and they're the worker.、Um, I'm not going to believe everything that comes out of their mouth, especially when it is a compliment, because I know that a lot of times in sales, one way that they get people to lower their guard is they give you a compliment. So they're trying to form a connection, but it's not a real connection. So it's a lie. I'm not saying that they that they don't really like your hair or your cologne or your makeup or whatever.、Um, But I'm just saying that a lot of people in the sales world, especially customer service, they will tell you what you want to hear, just so that so just so that you will be convinced that you should buy what they're telling you to buy. And I know that it sucks to think that way, but I've learned over the years, actually at a really young age, to not believe everything that comes out of someone's mouth and to and to believe hardly anything that they say. That doesn't mean that everybody's a liar. It just means that, especially when you're dealing with money and when you're dealing with business, a flattering tongue is is a is a sign of deceit. It is a sign of dishonesty, and those kind of people I do not enjoy doing business with. And I do what I can to 
not do business with them because of that. Because to me, the the risk is just too great. But moving on, it says, destroy thou them, O God. Let them fall by their own transgressions, for they have rebelled against thee. So what he's talking about here is he's talking about his enemies. He wants them gone. That is a very normal reaction, but he's not taking care of it. He's asking God to take care of it. See, it's not appropriate. Well, let, let me word it this way, because there's a difference in these words. There's a difference between revenge and vengeance. We are not allowed ever to take revenge on anyone for anything for any reason. The reason is is because that's not our job, and it's immoral and it's illegal to do that. So. Vengeance is God's, but it's not revenge. Revenge is a totally different word, but vengeance is God's. That 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 is God's job to go after whoever hurt you and forever and to go after whoever hurt hurt you or harmed you is what I'm trying to say. Um, I feel like people get those words mixed up, and they they kind of have um a very extreme way of viewing bad people sometimes and. I understand where they're coming from to a certain extent, but on the other side of that, I don't understand where they're coming from because, you know, when you know who you are in Christ Jesus and and you know you you are a child of God, and you know that you worship the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of Joshua, like you worship the one true God, and you believe in the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, like when God is on your side, what does it matter? about things that bother you. I'm not saying that they shouldn't matter, but I'm just saying that um don't let your enemies rule over you and ruin your day or ruin your life. It's not worth it. These people don't care about you. God cares about you. So if anyone is going to get vengeance, it's God, and he's going to do it on your behalf. Why? Because we worship a God of justice. That's why. You know, what our society says these days at least in the United States is, "Oh, let's be inclusive." Did you know that that is a lie straight out of the pit of hell? We are not supposed to be inclusive. We are exclusively gods. But the world says, "Oh, be inclusive, be tolerant." Well, I've said this before, whatever you tolerate is what you allow to contaminate. So, don't ever don't ever settle for less than God's best. goes on to say but let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice so we're supposed to be rejoicing the only way you're going to get rejoice is when you put your faith in god and and you you trust in god but if you don't have faith and if you don't trust god you're going to be very miserable so what's the point of being miserable when you can be happy goes on to say let them ever shout for joy because thou defendest them god defends us he doesn't let us go astray he doesn't let us get devoured or beat up he defends us so even when tough stuff happens that doesn't mean that god's not there he is but god will take whatever the enemy used for bad and he will use it for good and he will make the enemy pay which is not only the people that hurt you but also the enemy satan and his goons see i think a lot of people forget just how many enemies we have as the people of god but that doesn't mean that we should walk around in fear that's not our job to do that God wants us to have faith. He wants us to trust him. Goes on to say, "Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee." So, you know, this reminds me of so many comedians that I hear today that you know, ordinarily they're super funny, but they when they're I'm trying to think of the best way to say this, whenever they use the Lord's name in vain, that really bothers me. 
And so whenever I see them online like on YouTube and they use the Lord's name in vain, I'll say, "Hey, you're super funny, but do not use the Lord's name in vain. You don't need to be vulgar or to use the Lord's name in vain to be funny. That's not appropriate." And you know what's shocking? You'd be surprised how many people, not the comedians themselves, but other people that are that are watching these comedians, how many people will jump on me and say, "Well, then don't watch it." It's like they miss the point. These comedians have a God-given talent to be funny and to bring joy into the world. And instead of doing it appropriately, they're doing it inappropriately. And they're basically slapping God in the face and also these comedians they are leading a lot of young people astray because i find that young people are very much convinced by comedians and here's the thing comedians don't love you they don't like you i don't mean that negatively but i mean they're they're just someone that can tell a good joke and and they make money at that but there's so many people that they they base their decision making on someone that's popular or someone that looks funny or that is funny You should be basing your life on God's holy word and that should be bringing you joy and it should be bringing you closer to God not having you drift apart from him. Goes on to say, for thou Lord wilt bless the righteous. So when you are a believer in Christ Jesus and you know that you're God's, God will bless you. But if you don't believe in God, if you don't do things his way, you're not going to have the blessing. You're just not. Because if if you don't do it God's way, Whose way are you doing it? If that makes sense. It has to be God's way. It has to be. If you go by the way of this world, the world will chew you up and spit you out, guaranteed. That's a guarantee right there. Goes on to say for thou Lord wilt bless the righteous. With favor wilt thou compass him as with a shield. So I love that last verse because when you think of a shield, what do you think of? You know, I, I think of two different images here. I think of like a Roman soldier that has a shield, and it is to protect him from anything and everything that comes flying at him in battle. So your shield is tough; it's sturdy. It's a very thick metal, and it's usually really heavy, which is usually why way, way, way back in the day, women were not soldiers. It was just men, because women could not fight like that. they they didn't they did not have automatic weapons so you had to carry your shield and your spear and your crossbow or whatever you had back in those days in terms of uh, military weaponry and women just we, we don't have that same ability as men we just don't have the same strength so when you think of a shield me personally i think of the romans and their shield or maybe even the uh, that movie what's it called the 300 in their shield and how they really fought um what's it called the the Spartans. And so um yeah the Spartans that fought off so many people, very amazing talented soldiers, right? Then I also think of Star Trek Voyager with uh, Captain Catherine Janeway, one of my favorite shows and one of my favorite um just amazing characters, just amazing actress as well. And I love it whenever she would say shields up because she's protecting herself and her crew and her ship because she knows if she protects her crew everybody is protected if she protects the ship then everybody's going to be safe and if everybody's safe that includes her so she's a leader but she's also an individual so she says shields up meaning all these invisible shields go up on her ship 
and they protect everybody. That is very similar to how the heavenly father works. Like when he puts his shield of protection around you, it's technically invisible because it's in the spiritual world. But we worship a supernatural god. So just because you can't see God and you can't see his favor per se and you can't see his hedge of protection that doesn't mean that it's not there. You know, it's almost like how, you know, when we breathe, we are breathing in and out oxygen, right? Like we we are made up of molecules and we are breathing in molecules. But we can't see those molecules, but we know that we are alive and we know that we are breathing. So I always find it interesting whenever someone doesn't believe in God because they're like, "Well, I can't see it." I'm like, "Well, um can you see oxygen? Can you see air?" I mean, can you see all of your cells? I mean, not unless you dissect your body and it's under a microscope and even then you may not be able to see everything. So, you know, it's just one of those things that whenever you are a believer in Christ Jesus and you believe in the God of Abraham, you have to believe in something that is outside of the norm. Like it's not I'll just say it's not it's not the world's way. to believe in something that you can't see and that you personally can't manipulate. I think that's why the world so much turns on God is because they can't control him. And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that the world does not control God because the world um does not always have the the right idea about hardly anything. So for me personally, I'm grateful for that. because that tells me that God that tells me that God is love and he loves us very much and he protects us every day of our life. But I'll go ahead and end it there for this lovely podcast, but as usual until next time I pray that you're happy, healthy and whole, that you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Thank you so much. God bless and bye-bye.
world.